All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Friday, hockey fans. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, and as always, brought to you by Batano. Spring training baseball, the big weekend of NHL hockey, they got it all at Batano. The game starts now at Batano.ca. Frank Saravalli, our Daily Faceoff insider. Frank. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. If you are betting on spring training this weekend, the opening of split squad games, I've got a phone number for you. Maybe a nice nerfy if a couple of good pitchers are on the bump. Who knows? Maybe. What would you call that? A nice what? A nerfy. No runs in the first inning, Frank. That's some gambling lingo for you. Oh. No <laughs> yeah, runs no, in the first inning. Huh. Okay. It's a fun one. Anyways, uh, they got it all at Botano.ca. Uh, Stephen Ellis is going to swing by in a little bit today on the show with the next wave, but there is some stuff to get to from around the NHL first. So let's start with one of the more interesting games from last night, Frank. The Rangers beat the New Jersey Devils as they renewed their rivalry once again. For the Rangers, it's a ninth straight win. Shesterkin, a second straight 40-plus save, one goal against performance. He is absolutely back. For the New York Rangers, you see Alexi Lafreniere pops home a couple of goals on his way to 100 points, right, Johnny Lazarus? Uh, yeah. But for the Rangers, it's all good. For the Devils, Frank, it's just not. A second straight loss, four wins in their last 10, and goaltending let them down again. If this isn't just another clear-cut signal that they need a goalie, I don't know what is. I think they need more than a goalie. That's part of the problem. We've talked all year about how their defense has really been a big letdown this year, mostly because they're so short staffed compared to last year. 
But I got to tell you, there's some other alarming warning signs. And I don't know if you saw the report, which I just uh, retweeted from Ryan Novozinski, who covers uh, the Devils. But Lindy Ruff mentioning excess pressure about the Devils' power play and why they're two for 46 in their last 14 games. He said, I imagine you've asked every player. Now they're feeling it and you guys are creating excess pressure. Suddenly it's the media's fault. You know you've gone down a dark path when it's the media's fault when just click back a couple episodes to DFO Live on Tuesday, February 20th. I also tweeted the link, teed you up perfectly for the John Goyans clip where we went through the exact casual nature of how the Devils have played, lack of attention to detail. A lot of those things... Some of them are on the players, but some of them also come down to the coaching staff too when you have attention to detail issues. And the power play, I mean, we walked through it. How many times is Luke Hughes going to look for Jack Hughes before we realize that that's a problematic com you know, combination and a conversation needs to be had there? Yeah, it's I, and you're right. It's not just a goalie away because a lot of things seem broken in New Jersey. The other big storyline that came out of that game was the hit from Matt Rempe. Uh, you tweeted today, not expected to get any supplemental discipline. I think we can roll the clip here for people to see. Frank, he is a big, big man, and, and he took a solid run at Nathan Bashan, was given a match penalty for this one. Uh, no discipline, though. Are you surprised by that? No, I'm not because... When you take a look at the position that Nathan Bastian puts himself in, first off, I don't know what Rempe's supposed to do. I mean, now let's take a look at the wording of the rule. You've seen the hit. And when it comes to everyone saying on social media, this is a textbook, head is the principal point of contact, which would fall into rule 48. They kind of seem to forget the other part of this, which is when an opponent has put himself in a vulnerable position by assuming a posture that made head contact on an otherwise full body check unavoidable. I mean, it's it's right there. So um, not really surprised. I don't know what you want Rempe to do in that situation. Um, he's going to make the hit. He keeps his arms down. He keeps his elbows down. His body's right there making contact, but Bastion is hunching over and his head is down. And that's why it ends up being the principal point of contact because it's out further than the rest of his body. Yeah, uh, I was thinking, you know, I saw people, oh, it's got to be five plus, got to be this many plus. And I looked at that compared to, say, the Brendan Gallagher hit from earlier this year. Like, Brendan Gallagher threw his elbow up to make contact with a guy's head when Chicken there wing. were... Yeah, when there was really no hockey reason to do it for Rempe there, like like you said, what do you expect him to do? The game moves fast. He's a guy who needs to play physical to keep his job, if we're being honest, and he's just big. Like At some point, I know players in vulnerable spots need to be protected, but if you put yourself in that vulnerable spot, you assume some of the risk. So I thought maybe he would get a hearing. Maybe it was worth a game or two, but I thought the people saying, oh, 10-plus games, 5-plus games, I thought... That was just ridiculous from the jump. And as you reported earlier this morning, nothing coming in the way of a hearing for the Rangers rookie who's off to. I mean, he's just making nothing but headlines so far early in his NHL career. Last night, Frank was also a big night from an injury perspective around the NHL. You I was going to say quickly, by the way, um, the the two guys that Bastion was sandwiched between there, ugh, Rempe and uh, Adam Edstrom, Two enormous guys, uh, six foot five, six foot seven. And by the way, Rempe answered the bell uh, 
pretty well for himself right after that on the fight. I think it only took him a couple punches to to yeah. put uh, that Devils player down who jumped into the fray. Good for him. But um, yeah, it seems like the match penalty just just enough. Rempe's been right in the middle of all the action for the Rangers this last week. Yeah, and Bastion also got steamrolled by Jacob Truba later in the game as well. It was a tough And then tried to him. fight him, which yeah. was not uh not good. Sources yeah. say if you get run over by Jacob Truba, don't don't go try and fight him. Yeah, just take your lumps. Uh, all right, Frank, injury updates from yesterday. A couple of spots I want to hit on. First off, we have a timeline for Golden Knights forward Mark Stone. You tweeted yesterday it's a lacerated spleen for Stone. I know No timeline. Off- no timeline. Internet doctors were doing their thing, though. Um, but maybe just elaborate on this and maybe how it changes the Golden Knights plans. Yeah, I think here's the thing. People want to cry foul about the Golden Knights and their salary cap situation. But this is an authentic and if not scary injury for Mark Stone that's completely unrelated to everything else. I think when you see him go down, the first thing you suspect is given the back problems that he's had, that that would be connected to it. But Uh, No, the lacerated spleen kind of comes out of the clear blue sky. It's one of those car accident type injuries. Sometimes you see it at the pro sports level and he's going to be out for a bit, but it's nothing that you can give a concrete timeline on. Some people think it's anywhere between three and six months. I've seen other people. It all depends on the severity of it. We don't know that. Um, Some people think it might only be a few weeks. Either way, the team has officially labeled him as week to week. And does it change their plans? Well, it gives them additional potential capital to spend on their salary cap with Stone's nine and a half million bucks. You know, you're slowly working some of these guys back from injury. Shea Theodore, Jack Eichel. Then now Mark Stone is out and you've got assets that you can play with. You've got cap space, potentially, if Stone is going to be out until sometime in the playoffs, that why wouldn't the Golden Knights use what's at their disposal? A lot of people don't like how they've handled things. We've reminded everyone that the Golden Knights roster in the playoffs against the Oilers was cap compliant. But more than that, if your team was in the same exact position, you would be advocating for them to do the same. So um, I think it's well within their right to do so if they want. Uh, TJ Oshi went down yesterday with a non-contact injury. And yeah, it's always, always ugly when you see a guy who's basically just standing there gliding around, go down. Um, looks, I mean, obviously when you see it, it looks serious, Frank, but no update quite yet on Oshi. No, uh, they do. They are obviously concerned the Washington capitals with the injury for Oshi. It's just so tough to watch with him basically having to crawl back to the bench and then need significant help getting off the bench. Um, you know, it's it's ugly, but he's it's it's a tough break for Oshi because he was at 997 games played. I mean, he's closing in on a thousand nine hundred ninety six, and that was last night. And he was, you know, obviously talking about um, the milestone of getting to one thousand games and what that meant to him. It seems like he's going to have to wait a while for that if that happens this season, but. Nice to see him tweet after the game that uh, he'll be back and be stronger. We also saw Matt Kachuk and Gustav Forsling exit the game for the Panthers. Paul Maurice said afterwards, no update on either player that is expected to come today. Um, You're the Panthers. You're sitting in a pretty decent spot in the Eastern Conference. As long as nothing's season ending, 
I don't think you're all that worried um, just because you've built yourself up a nice little gap there, but still two important players for the Panthers go down last night. So wanted to throw that into the injury report as well. Frank, last night, Patrick Kane was the star of the Detroit Red Wings overtime win. And boy, has he ever been red hot as of late a six game point streak with eight points in that span after 16 points in his first 19 games as a wing. This really does feel like the first time in a basically over a calendar year that we've seen Patrick Kane really look like himself, Frank. He's been awesome. And right under that point of game pace for his season, I said earlier this year when he signed with the Red Wings, my bold proclamation was he'd be playing at an 85 point pace. He's not there yet, but I feel pretty good watching him play that he's going to get to that point. He looks dangerous. He looks like he's enjoying Detroit. Look at his celebration here, trying to ramp up the fans after the game. And can we just listen to that call from Ken Daniels? Because, you know, I love the play-by-play guys around the NHL, but this was an exceptional one as well if we have that teed up. Yeah, let's run it back. With Dylan Larkin near side. Left for him. Larkin gets the speed going. Back pass, Kane. He scores! What a setup! What a goal! Showtime! 2-1! Red Wings win! So good. And, yeah. you know, it was interesting to watch the uh, breakdown from Dylan Larkin, who was asked about the goal after the game. And once he realized that two abs players, including McKinnon, who slid over, had committed to him, that there would be someone open. But it was a matter of obviously getting Kane the puck. And that slick, no-look backhand pass, just beautiful. Yeah, it really was classic showtime. And it's a Red Wings team that's looking as we keep going, like more and more of a legitimate playoff team. And I don't want to say lock because you'd hate to be the one that jinxes anything. But Frank, heading into the year, it was kind of like, okay, you got the Senators, you got the Sabres, you got the Red Wings. Which one of these three is going to emerge from their rebuild? And I'll be honest, I was dead wrong. I had the Red Wings ranked third out of those teams. I thought the young group in Buffalo was a lot more ready. I thought in general, Ottawa just had so much talent in that lineup that they were due to have a better year. What's been propelling this Red Wings team forward? What's allowed them to really leap past teams like the Senators and Sabres and move into this top eight club in the East? To me, it's there's been a lot more consistency of late. When you look at how the Red Wings started the year, they got off to a great beginning. And then after that, the month of December was just so disastrous and they were in a tough spot, but they've since the calendars turned to 2024, I think health has been a big part of it too, um, that they've really turned the corner and, and of late, like there are no skids. There's no three, four, five, six game losing streaks. They're finding ways to get points. And I think that's been a huge part of just maintaining their standing. And I couldn't agree with you more. I did not have the Red Wings as a playoff team to start this year given some of those other teams that were rebuilding, the Sabres were so close last year, a couple points out. They've taken a huge step backwards. Same thing with the Sens. And yet this Red Wings team, partially by the work that they've done spending on their blue line has put them in a better position to succeed. And, we'll and Alex Lyon too, by the way, deserves yeah. a huge shout out. Yeah. We'll see what they get up to ahead of the deadline with Steve Eiserman at the helm. Today's deadline countdown article over at dailyfaceoff.com, Frank, was written by our pal Stephen Ellis, who's going to join us in a bit. But it's all about under-the-radar ads. And he identified five names that he thinks fit that criteria. The first being Flyers defenseman Nick Sealer. He's a little bit lower on your list with all the talk that the Flyers 
would like to extend this guy. Some of the other names include Arthur Kaliev from the LA Kings. And actually, he's one that stands out, Frank, just because of his age. So can you maybe give some insight into why the Kings are looking to move this guy and maybe who could be in the mix for him? Or what kind well, of team he, could be in the mix for him, I guess? He's just, he hasn't found a home with the Kings. He's been in and out of Jim Hiller's lineup. And I thought, if you read the story, and, and we can have Stephen Ellis chime in uh, when we have him on, but he said maybe there's an Owen Tippett-like rebound for this kid somewhere else. And when you think back to the Flyers getting Tippett from the Panthers a couple years back, you're like no one in Philly was really excited. They're like, yes, he has first-round pick pedigree, but hadn't really shown it at an NHL level, certainly in a consistent way that he could be a a top-level producer. And now, two years later, Owen Tippett has already signed a $50 million deal. He flies, and he's been a huge part of why the Flyers are a playoff team this year. And now you look at Kaliev, and it's just been square peg, round hole. We're now through two different coaches uh, this season in L.A., and he's someone that doesn't have waiver eligibility. The Kings know that he'd be claimed. So if he's not fitting in and if he's not playing, they're going to have to move him at some point likely this summer, probably not a deadline move, but maybe he's for a non-playoff team, someone that you take a flyer on. Brandon Newhame was another name, a nice kind of prototypical bottom six ad that I'm sure some playoff teams will be looking at. Nick Dowd, we spent a lot of time talking about the impact he could have, but Joel Edmondson was one of the five names that Steven wrote about. And he's really interesting because that original cap hit, as you can see here, is 3.5. But remember, He's been retained once by the Montreal Canadiens. So if the Washington Capitals were to keep a little bit more, all of a sudden he's a dirt cheap ad for a team looking to add some defensive depth. Frank, I know he's not the same player he was a couple of years ago, but I still think that some teams were maybe just looking for a real reliable, even number seven, someone you can just throw into the lineup and count on to give you up 12 to 14 minutes in a game. I think Edmondson can be that guy for a contender. Yeah, I think teams could do a lot worse, especially given what would be, should be a relatively inexpensive acquisition cost. I mean, he's at 175 right now on the cap. Um, you could knock him down a bit. And as a pending UFA, no strings attached. His ice time is way down. This is basically the fewest minutes that he's played in almost a decade. He has Stanley Cup pedigree, was a big part of that run with the St. Louis Blues in 2019. He's played at a couple different stops since then, uh, Carolina, Montreal, and Washington now. But, you know, given what should probably be a, you know, third, fourth round pick that you're looking at, um, seems to be like a, a pretty reasonable acquisition cost, especially with the caps holding half that almost any team in the league could afford them on their cap. And, you know, for just insurance purposes only, you can never have too many defensemen. I, I'd add Edmondson to my team. You can read the full article up at dailyfaceoff.com, courtesy of our boy, Stephen Ellis. So with that, let's get to our big segment today and welcome in our Daily Faceoff prospect analyst. Next wave is delivered by DoorDash. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and Nation 25. Stephen Ellis joining us as he does every week on Daily Faceoff Live. And let's start, Stephen, with a little bit of draft talk. Overage prospects can be tricky, but is there one that's catching your eye for this year's class? 
Yeah, it's a Finnish defenseman, a 19-year-old Jesse Polkinen, who is a left-handed defenseman, moves really well. And we got to see him play at the World Juniors, and I thought he really stood out as a guy that moved the puck so well. He he played heavy minutes for that team. Uh, a guy that I thought probably should have been drafted last year because he had the smarts, he had the offensive abilities. And I think the one thing, like I said, he, he moved well, but that's something he's really kind of taken uh, to improve this year, where he would get beat by guys who were just slightly smaller. And then he just, when he got beat, he, he just kind of gave up. We're not seeing that anymore there. So he's someone where talking to some scouts, a lot of people were saying before the world juniors, third, fourth round, some are now kind of saying maybe a late first rounder because just how much he has improved as an overall player at both ends of the ice. The, uh, just in the last, you know, three to four months, uh, it's getting teams excited. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So, Stephen, there's a goalie that's been really receiving a lot of interest, even though he's more than a year away from being drafted. What can you tell us about Joshua Ravensbergen? Great name, by the way. It's a great name. Uh, and yeah, so he plays with the Prince George Cougars. He was expected to back up Ty Young, a Canucks prospect this year, but he has overtaken that, uh, the, the starter gig. And you look at there, six shutouts. He's played 31 games this year. He's had a couple of relief efforts, but he's been such a huge part of this team's kind of revival this year where uh, for a while I was doing stuff and talking in Prince George TV. And it's like, are we going to be any good at some point? And, and now they are. And this guy, he's six foot four. He's so athletic. He's a late 2006 born player. So he's not eligible for this year's draft, but if he was, I'd be taking him first of all goalies. Like this is a guy that's looking like a potential first round pick next year. So uh, it's goalies are very difficult to project guys that we were thinking would be first rounders or, or even the first goalie picked a year ago for this year are not even on the radar at this point. So things change. But when you look at him, he's got the size, he's athletic. You look at the numbers. He's such an important part of the Prince George Cougars team this year. And just watching him, it's like he reminds me so much of Yaroslav Askarov at the same age. Well, speaking of Askarov, let's ask you about him because the Milwaukee Admirals have been hot. 18 wins in a row, second longest winning streak in AHL history. And there's been some talk that the Nashville Predators would consider moving UC Saros. 
I'll believe it when I see it, if they actually go do it, but is part of their calculus in potentially moving on from Soros that Askarov can be the guy that steps right into his shoes. How confident would you be of that given how he's played? Uh, very confident. I made the bold prediction in the first time I watched him play in 2019 that he was going to win a Vesna trophy in the NHL one day. And I'm sticking with that. Uh, you just, you look at, he was so dominant whenever he played against his own age group in Russia. And he didn't get it to play a whole ton, but you saw all the raw talent there. Again, he's a, he's a guy that's, Six foot four. He's big. He moves well. Uh, he's a little erratic. You see all those, you know, those poke checks and those crazy plays there, but he still does that, but he's a lot more calm and collected now. So he's a fun goalie to watch. I think he's going to be a fan favorite, but in terms of just the pure performance, I think my key thing for him last year was just getting starts because you look at it and he hadn't played in 10 games in a one league basically in three to four years, whether it be due to COVID, whether it be due to just bouncing around a, a Scott St. Petersburg system that just wasn't kind to young goaltenders. But what we're seeing with Milwaukee, he's had a really good mentor there in Troy Grosnick, who is an AHL veteran, uh, and they both have been so good. But Askarov's just been unbeatable since December. Uh, and I think just how he commands the net when he's on his game, he's so difficult to, to beat. So um I don't think the Predators should trade UC Saros right now because I think Ascroft should stay there and try to chase a championship this year with the, cold, uh, with the uh, Milwaukee Admirals because being in that winning environment means a lot, but he's NHL ready. Yeah, that's that's certainly interesting. And you make a good point, the experience of him having to play a Calder Cup playoff run that, I mean, very similar to what an NHL playoff run would be in terms of the schedule. That would definitely, you could see the benefits to that. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the Dallas Stars on this show over the last couple of weeks and just how good they are at drafting, especially these late round, first round picks, right? You look at Wyatt Johnson, Thomas Harley's taking a big step this year. Is Logan Stankoven the next in the line of these late first round picks that just turn into gems for Dallas? Absolutely. And I'll tell you a bit of a story. Uh, when he was, you know, when he was playing the Rangers a couple days ago, we're supposed to play against the Rangers. I invited some friends over that had been following him closely and said, hey, we're going to watch this. It's going to be a little mini party. The Logan Stankoven uh, debut only for him to be sent down to the AHL like late off, right after warm up. So very disappointed about that. Um, but at least I got Matthew Shane back with, with Stankoven. This has been one of my favorite prospects for a while now. He's not big. He's only five foot eight the last time I looked. But you know, I think the big question was, okay, he could produce in the WHL. Sure, he can look great with Connor Bedard as his line mate at the World Juniors. But what's he going to do when he turns pro? And this year, he's on pace for 90 points. The last player to do that as an under-21 year old in the uh, in the AHL is Patrick O'Sullivan. And that was, I think, in 2005-06. So it's been a very long time that anyone's come close to that. Uh, you know, he does so much with Maverick Bork as his line mate. They're such a dominant one-two duo. But I think just the thing about him is, yeah, he's not big, but he's not afraid to throw hits. He gets a little feisty. He says, I, I talked to him a few years ago where he says he really knows how to use his, his, you know, different um, center of gravity because he's smaller to his advantage to win battles. And he's really good in the faceoff dot too. So uh, he's one of those guys that I think should have no problem adapting to the NHL as a, as a skilled guy who could put up a lot of points because yeah, you know, the AHL is one level, the NHL is totally different uh, style there, but He's just got the skills and the, the the tenacity out there, I think, to really thrive. Just quickly, because we do have 60 seconds left here. Arthur Kaliev, your thoughts on him, like the comparison to Owen Tippett. Uh, maybe elaborate on that a little bit. 
Yeah. So Owen Tippett was, had one of the best shots that I think I'd seen in the OHL during his draft year. And was a guy that I just, it was only a matter of time for me that he was going to really prove what he could do. Kaliov, same thing, you know, that 2019, 20, he put up 44 goals. He had just under a hundred points, but he was miles ahead of anybody on the Hamilton Bulldogs team. He was so good. So, Again, scoring in the OHL is one thing, but he has shown that, yeah, he doesn't play a lot, but he could still shoot the puck. He could still put pucks on the net. He's not a great skater, but if you pair him with someone who could, you know, do the two-way stuff and you just let him focus on scoring, I think he's a 30-goal scorer in the NHL one day. Love it, Stephen. The info is great. As always, you can also check out his full article up at dailyfaceoff.com about the under-the-radar deadline ads. Thanks for doing this. Thanks so much. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. It's brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Visit jasper.travel to find out how you can make the most of the final few weeks of winter in the Rockies. Frank, we got an interesting trade yesterday, not because the names were big. I mean, it's Alex Nylander going from Pittsburgh to Columbus, Emil Bamstrom going back the other way. But that conditional sixth-round pick there, Frank, the condition is fascinating. If Bamstrom scores six goals, or at least six goals, with the Penguins from now to the end of the year, that sixth jumps all the way up to a third. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know that I've ever seen a condition that specific. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that John Davidson wasn't part of making that condition. Maybe it was some of the guys on his staff. But um, Bemstrom's an interesting guy because he did hit 10 goals in a 56-game season as a rookie. And I think he's a pretty talented kid that was looking for a fresh start, a new opportunity elsewhere. And if you're the Penguins who are short on draft picks, you're like, hey, Jake Gensel's out of the lineup. Let's throw this kid on Sid's wing and get him six goals and get from a sixth round to a third round pick. I don't know. I'm just having fun with it. But you can envision the third round pick is pretty decent value to get uh, get that thrown in there. And that's the other way around, though. Yeah, like I, that. Well, that's what I mean. Like going from the sixth all the way up to a third. Like I know we see this sometimes with like, Hey, if this team makes the cup final, it goes from a fourth to a third or a fifth to a fourth or something. But to jump up three rounds is like actually pretty significant. And all he'd need is six goals in 30 games. Like it's not even an unbelievable pace or anything. So yeah, I found that one uh, really interesting. Let's move along to our daily bets brought to you by Botano missed on the shop prop parlay. Nailed the St. Louis Blues as home underdogs yesterday. So it was a slightly profitable day for me on the daily bets today. Couple for you. The first is a shot prop. Warren Fogle was moved up onto Connor McDavid's wing for their game against the Bruins. What did he do? He popped home five shots on net. His line is set at two and a half. It's paying plus money. I like this one. Fogle expected to stay on that top line, at least according to the Oilers skate yesterday. So give me Fogle over two and a half shots for the Oilers and give me the over between Buffalo and Columbus. They have both struggled defensively for long stretches this year. They've both dealt with inconsistent goaltending for long stretches this year. So why not? It's a Friday night in the NHL, only three games on tap. If you want to root for fun, bet an over. And I think this is the best over on the slate. There you go. My two picks for today brought to you by Botano. And now we wrap up with a little bit of garbage time, Frank, brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face-off survivor pool. If you're still alive, still kicking, heading into the weekend, these are your options for tomorrow night's slate. The Oilers over one and a half first period goals against the Flames. They've been playing low scoring hockey against Calgary. Maybe stay away from that, but oh, what do I like on there? Oh, uh, it's, 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 it's insanely tough. Uh, I, I, 
tend to think that the team bets generally do better, but Boston and Vancouver to a Stanley cup final rematch from 2011, two teams, uh, even though they rarely play, not a lot of love lost in the yeah. markets, but two really good teams this year. It should be a great game. Tough slate for whoever's left in the Wendy's daily faceoff survivor pool. Frank, what do you got for garbage time? Well, uh, first off, wanted to give a shout out to the Vermont Catamounts going up against the number one team in the country tonight in NCAA hockey, their visit to the Boston College Eagles. They're 27th in pairwise rankings. A win over the number one team could go a long way. Uh, but that said, uh, in all seriousness, wanted to point out, we've talked about the Arizona Coyotes situation. You just visited Mullet Arena, and they continue to put out unintentionally hilarious things. Things that sound good, and but in reality are not. So let's pull up this tweet today from Craig Morgan, who said that the Coyotes have had four games at Mullet Arena this season that topped $1 million in gross ticket sales. And he said, by contrast, they had 37 total gates over $1 million in 18 full seasons in Glendale. Okay, I understand the idea of saying Mullet is better than Glendale. Sure, fine. But $1 million in gross ticket sales? The average NHL team does $2.5 million per game in ticket sales. There's a few teams that are north of $3 million per game. Most teams could open up half their building with their eyes closed and shut off their concessions and still do a million dollars without thinking or trying. This is not a reason to support what the Coyotes have going in mullet. The question isn't, should the Coyotes stay in mullet? It's not a permanent solution. Please stop with the lunacy here that continues to come out of the desert with the Coyotes then putting out something uh, to support Craig Morgan's tweet after the fact where they were touting that they have the fourth highest gate in Coyotes history and have renewed season tickets at an 87% clip this year, which is also a franchise record. It's a 4,600-seat arena. How many season tickets could you possibly have? How many? 3,500? And you still only renewed 87% of them? What, what part of the 13% did fans not like of being in that experience? Beer lines were long. Stop the lunacy. Get this team out of there. They don't. It's, it's, it's over. End it. Yeah, if your kid comes home with a report card that's all D's and F's and the important ones, but has an A and Z, you don't go around bragging about the A and Z, and that's what this kind of feels like. It's like, <laughs> hey, everything sucks. Oh, but look, at least we're what making a million dollars in ten four games this year. Games. We made a million dollars in four games. What? What about the other thirty? <laughs> Where were they? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, you're right. That is uh, that is pretty hilarious. Hope it makes sense. It's unintentionally hilarious that they send this out as if like people are supposed to be impressed by this. <laughs> uh, good rant to end the week from Frank Saravalli. I like it. Ending our week of daily faceoff live on a high note. Big shout out to everyone who chipped in over on the YouTube throughout the week. We'll be back on Monday noon eastern we're within two weeks of the nhl trade deadline so you won't want to miss a show have a great weekend hockey fans we'll see you on monday thanks for tuning in to daily face off live make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.